Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. I'm your host, the Sith Dog. How are you? You're traveling all right? Everything good? How's work treating you? Not bad? Is your routine blending into a haze of Groundhog Days? Man, I love that movie, Groundhog Day. By far, one of Bill Murray's best movies. Andy McDowell, she's in it too, isn't it? She's great. What else is she from? I don't know. She's one of those actresses that is probably in heaps of other movies, but off the top of my head, I can't remember any of them. Don't you hate that when you're watching a movie and you're like, oh, what's she from? Or what's that dude from? Now, before Google, you just have to rack your brain until you figured it out. But now, all you got to do is Google it, and you can scratch that itch straight away. Oh, they're from that movie. I'd rather just try and figure it out, man. I don't like Mr. Google. He's taken too, it's made it too easy for us all. Hey, listen, Art of Turing faithful, you regular listeners, I'm talking to you. Uh, you know who you are. You know, you, I'm talking to you right now. I've been doing a lot of research recently on how to better engage with you and how to promote the podcast, get more ears uh, listening to, um, to the show, to get it out there to more people, and how to uh, better engage uh, with uh, said audience. I've read all the articles, I looked at all the YouTube video, videos on the subject, and one tip that I have taken on board is to create a Facebook group for the podcast. So if, if, if you'd like to hear outtakes from the podcast or ask me questions about the show, or perhaps there's a muso or a musician, a performer that you'd like me to interview, you can post the ideas within the group. Um, anything related to the podcast, really, that's the place uh, I'll be sharing it, where you can share it, and we can connect via that medium. Um, I'll continue to post on Instagram, because um, that's a lot of fun. Uh, but just as an extra way to reach the listeners, I thought I'd give that Facebook group thing a try. So if you're on Facebook right now, search for Art of Touring Podcast and request to be a member. This week on the podcast, I sat down with Brooke Kotsis. Brooke is a featured performer at Witches in Britches here in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, and she's performed almost 500 shows. Okay, that's a lot of gigs. Yeah, uh, we have a great conversation, including the best comeback for Heckler I have ever heard. So stay tuned for that. Art of Turing is brought to you every single Tuesday. You can listen to Art of Turing on iTunes or on the Google Podcasts app if you're an Android user. There is some coarse language in this week's episode, so if you are listening with the kids, it might be a good idea to throw on a Disney movie. Doesn't matter which one. Um, and then, uh, once they're dropped off at the grandparents' place, throw Art of Turing back on. Now let's take a moment to hear from this week's sponsor. Episode 21 of Art of Turing is brought to you this week by The Gasworks. Are you looking for a heavy metal bar where you'll be greeted by meatloaf? Then come to The Gasworks. This week on the bill, the Jolly Green Giants and the Shitty Beatles. Are they any good? They suck. And they've got a pool table too. Oh, 
All right, guys, just so you know, Art of Turing is hosted by Wooshka. If you'd like to listen on the desktop, just Google Art of Turing and follow the links to the Wooshka homepage. Before I get into this conversation with Brooke, I'd like to share with you a preview of her voice. This is a cover of the song Suffer by Charlie Puth. Have a listen. Check it out. like what you hear, Brooke performs at Witches and Britches in Melbourne every weekend. So uh, let's now have a listen to my chat with Brooke and I'll see you on the other side. Here we go. Welcome to the Art of Touring, everybody. You're listening to Sizdog, and this week uh, I am talking to Brooke Kotsis. How are you going, Brooke? I'm great. How are you going, Sizdog? I'm, I'm great. <laughs> now, of all the guests on the show, you're very um, comfortable with calling me Sizdog. Yeah, of course. Because that was, you know, at least in year 12. I feel like we kind of gave you that nickname. Well, you certainly embraced it more than anybody else. <laughs> Most people, when I tell them that's my nickname, they go, what? What? Can't I just call you Dave? Yeah. But, <laughs> no, you guys certainly embraced it. And, uh, well, yeah, uh, if you haven't already figured out, Brooke and I uh, go way back. Yep. I taught Brooke um, from year nine, I believe. Yeah, year nine. And yep. you did vet music all the way through to year 12, didn't you? Yep, did yeah, did it as a subject hmm. um, in year 12. Absolutely loved it as well. It was a great course. Yeah, it was. Your cohort definitely um, is one that I look back on with fond memories. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like most of us in the class as well um, have continued it from high school. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, most definitely. We've got, um, yeah, well, I mean, (laughs) you can't really have this conversation um, without mentioning uh, Teddy Cream. Yeah, right. You know, old mate. Yeah. Killing it. He's um, literally killing it. On the EDM scene. Yeah. Which I still have no idea what it is (laughs) or or what EDM stands for. No, I know what it stands for. But um, yeah, no, I'd love to have um, Vince on the show um, in the future. I'm I'm sure he would have some very wild road stories to tell. Yeah. So we'll have to tag him up on this one. Um, well, let's get started. Uh, Brooke, where uh, where did you grow up? Where are you from? So, I'm from uh, Melbourne, Epping. Um, yeah. Grew up in Epping, obviously. My whole life, I've never really moved houses or anything, so I've always been in Epping. Um, 
through my childhood, obviously my grandparents, my, my grandparents from my dad's side, they live in Preston. So yep. I got a few stories up in Preston and from my mum's side, they live in Wallen, which is oh, on a right. farm. So, yeah. um, yeah. And I absolutely loved like the whole farm lifestyle, like that, just the way, like in the morning they would wake up, they feed the chooks and, you know, do all that stuff. And I thought that yeah. was really cool. And, um, I remember... Like we used to have a quad bike. We used to ride the quad bike all around. We used to check on the pigs that were like all the way in the back corner. A quad bike? Yeah. You got to ride on the quad bike? Yeah. Did you drive it? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so wow. when I was younger, um, obviously wasn't allowed, but as I got to about, I think, 12, drove on the quad bike. <laughs> I was actually in a motorbike accident on the farm. I was riding a motorbike and me being me, thinking it would be cool to do a burnout, um, I smashed my leg. Um, I didn't really judge it very well, but I smashed my leg up against uh, like a fence type thing. Oh, didn't man. think anything of it. Kept riding. I'm like, yeah, this is fun. And I looked out, down at my leg and it's like, I got all blood pissing down into my shoe. Oh, dude. Yeah. and I. But it, uh, the thing is, I didn't even realize. So then I got off the bike and as I put pressure on it, I was like, oh, no, I can't walk. And then I started hopping. My brother's like yelling at me because I didn't pack up the motorbike in the garage. <laughs> He's like, pack it away. I was like, oh, my foot's bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I got three stitches in that. Nothing serious. But so it didn't break anything. No, it didn't. But a pretty bad cut. Yeah. Um, and it was very close to my Achilles as well. So mm. they, were, they were very, very thankful and lucky uh, that it didn't touch that. Yeah, that would have been not good. No. Achilles is not something you'd want to mess with i have a a a motorbike story that doesn't involve me smashing into anything but i the the day that i was interviewed for my job at st monica's yeah i came home we were sitting on the couch and we're you know just kind of watching telly or whatever and um we hear this big crash and we go outside and one of the kids from the court opposite our house he had given the motorbike to his mate and he had never ridden a motorbike before so he came bearing out of the courtyard and smashed into our fence. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and ended up like ten feet into our next door neighbor's front yard, Whoa. and ended up breaking his ankle. And his mate, whose bike it was, just grabbed the bike and just ran away right. with it. And then old mate, he tried to walk and get away, but he but couldn't. He couldn't. His, his ankle was broken. I'm like, mate, just chill out. Oh my gosh! So we we called his dad, and his dad was all good. He, he was he was very you know. Apologetic. Apologetic. Yeah. And he came, he was like a, a tradie. So he came back a few weeks later and they fixed the fence and yeah. painted and everything. So, but um, no, I've never personally been on a motor, motorbike in said accidents or anything yeah. like that. So you've got one on me there, Brooke. <laughs> and so what do you folks do? Where Do they have any musical background at all? Or? Nothing at all. Well, my dad used to be in a band when he was younger. Okay. He used to play the bass guitar. He did? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was he, his band called? Uh, he actually has never told me. <laughs> never told me. Um, he gave me his bass guitar um, when I was younger. Yeah. I still got it in my room. Um, on the back of it, it's he like must have got some paper and like sticky tape, and he he cut the words out, and said "fuck it" on the back of it. Whoa! And um, yeah, it's so weird because my dad's not, and my, both my parents don't swear. So like to see this, I was like, "Dad, like what is this? <laughs> this is this is not you. Right, you didn't right. do this." Yeah. Um, yeah. So he played the bass guitar. My uncle, uh, my cousin's dad, Steph, played uh, the drums. Okay. Um. And my dad reckons he sung for a f- like a few songs in the garage and stuff like that, but nothing in front of an audience. Right. But other than that, my mum is like stage fright. She, mm. if she gets up on stage, she reckons she'll pass out. Wow. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. It's so weird. The the musical um, bug bit you without it being really. 
genuinely coming from anyone in your family. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly it was right. just in you, innate. You're like, I've got to be on the stage. I've got to be seeing, man. Yeah. You know, it's what's happening. My um, great-grandmother, she actually passed away uh, a few years ago now. Mm. Um, she used to be a Macedonian singer. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And Maybe it's, it's, it's a generation. And it's, yeah, exactly right. And it's funny because I, I spoke about this. Actually, when I was in high school in year 12, I did a, an event for a – I was volunteering at a local nursing home at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, this this lady, she didn't speak English very well, but she was very good with rhythm. So, she would clap to me and she would sing kind of like you you would with a child. Sure. And it, and it made me think, like, my great-grandmother, she had dementia, thought, like, through high school. And then when she passed away, she, like, obviously didn't remember any of us. But the only way I would communicate with her was through clapping or singing and stuff like that. Oh, so wow. I kind of thought that that was cool. And that moment with this other lady, I was like, hey, hang on. You know, I'm communicating with you through this way. She must have been Italian or something, something I didn't know. Sure. Um, and she's singing to me in Italian. I'm like, wait a minute. I communicate with my grandmother like this. So this is right. This is interesting. So that might have been um, a bit of a catalyst for you. Yeah. Yeah. Far out, man. And so... Um, what is your background? Where, where are your parents from? Uh, my mum, my dad are from Australia. My great, uh, my grandparents rather, um, from Macedonia. So, oh, okay, so Macedonian roots. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever been back over? Or never. I would love no. to. Yeah. I really, really want to. Um, maybe soon. Maybe one day. You never know. I mean, I'm I'm half Italian, half Irish, and I've been back to Ireland, um, but I've never been to Italy. I'd really love to go. You never been? No, never. Oh. I mean, we we hit up like Ireland and Scotland and London, and then I think the end of the trip um, was Paris. Um, but we just we just didn't have enough time to to head down to Italy. Yeah. So I would like to next time. Well, I mean, I've got twins now, so you know, it's, <laughs> they'll it's, love that. Yeah. Well, maybe when they're a bit older, we really want to take them on holidays every January. You yeah. know, just go somewhere. That's the beauty of being a teacher. You get to um, school you holidays. Know, school holidays. Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing and a bad thing because like everyone is on holidays at that time with mm-hmm. kids. So it's going to, everything's more bu- more busy and more expensive. But at the same time, at least we get like really good holidays. Yeah. You know, so, I, you know, you can't have it's one without the other. It's a good and other. a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, and so with your singing and your guitar playing, when did you actually start um, performing? Like, do you remember your first ever performance? Mm, so I actually could play the guitar before I could, I thought I knew I could sing. Sure. So um, I started, learned the guitar when I was in grade five and I was watching a video on YouTube, I think, and I just was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to play the guitar and sing at the same time? So I was trying it out right? and I was like, oh, like maybe I can sing, singing along. And then my mum was listening to me from the kitchen. She's like, oh, like you've you've got a good voice, Brooke. And I'm like, oh, like I don't know. Sure. So then she put me in singing lessons and we were meant to have a concert at that at that school that I was going to, but yeah. d- didn't end up falling through. And then I think my first actual performance as a singer was Principal's Cut for Song in Year 7. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. That was your first ever performance? Singing performance. I was Obviously, I've danced all through. Like I was, I've been dancing since I was five. Sure. But I never sung in front of anyone. Huh. And That was 2009. Yeah, it was. My first year at the college. Was that your first year? Very first year. And I know that because I was going through the music room the other day. Yeah. And I found a DVD for the 2009 Principal's Principal's Cut for Song. song. (laughs) And there's Year 7, Brooke. 
singing. I have it over there. We'll have a check it out okay. after the podcast. Yeah. Do you remember what you what you sang? I do. What was it? She will be loved by Maroon, Maroon Five. Maroon Five. Yes, yep. I remember now. Yeah. So. I, I deliberately didn't watch it because I thought that would be a hoot Interesting, to throw yeah. that in um, at the end of the podcast. Um, so, have you seen that performance? I have. My my dad, honestly, he he's thinks, kept it all. Yep, he's kept them all. But he honestly thinks he was like, "You should have won that one." That was so <laughs> like obviously being a biased dad. Um, but he loves that song ever since I sung it. It's, you know, it was his ringtone for a while because he loved it. Dude, that's not an easy song. That no. interval, like she. <laughs> Be love. I can't do it right now. <laughs> I gigged on the weekend, but uh, <laughs> that is not easy. No. I remember when it came out, I was in a cover band and, and they were like, oh, we should do this song. I was like, okay. And I was practicing. I was like, Man, do we have to do this tune? Adam Levine He's got a crazy, crazy voice. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's got that falsetto. And so you smashed out that performance um, and that was your first kind of foray into like, you know, solo singing, I suppose. Yeah, exactly right. In year seven. Um, and did you do the musicals and all that as well? Yeah, so I did the musicals. I did every single year, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, right. Um, but I never – I think the only time I got a proper singing role was Anything Goes, oh, which you yes. smashed the set design for. Yes. <laughs> that was the first year that they um, actually went with one of my suggestions. I don't think they've ever – because, you know, as the production team, we all put in a suggestion, oh, can we try this musical? Can we do that musical? Yeah. And we were very much at the um, mercy of what we can actually get the rights to. Yeah. And so that year, it just, you know, the cards fell in the right spot. I had put that one forward and it was and available. It and they were like, well, let's do it. And so, yeah, the sets that year, because I, I mean, I, I was biased. I mean, I had actually performed in that musical in high school. Yeah, you did tell me that. So, yeah, I got to like relive that a little bit through you guys. Was the set the same when you were in high school? Or? Um, we definitely had a boat. And so I tried to recreate that as best I could. Yeah. Um, which was out of control. I remember me and my dad and Kurt Couchy spent so long putting that thing together. Yeah. We actually did it at my dad's factory and then transported it to the theatre because it was so big. Was we massive. couldn't have yeah, we couldn't have built it at school. There was yep. there wasn't enough room. But um yeah, that was that one. But uh yeah, so you did all the the productions except for I think the Jubilee year. Was that when you were at the school? I yeah, that was my last one that I did. Ah, um, so that was your year 12 year. That was my year 12. And I was ah. kind of spewing because that was like, obviously I love musicals. I went on after high school to study musical theatre. Yeah. So in year 12 to have this, like, you know, this random jubilee thing, everyone, all the year 12s are kind of spewing because yeah. we wanted a show. And mm. the, ta- the the other thing was they brought in people from all different years as well. Yeah, so you had to share the spotlight exactly a little right. bit. Exactly um, right. Yeah. But look, I didn't mind. I got some pretty, I got to sing some pretty cool songs. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah. It was it was pretty good. Like looking back, because it was that one, and then the very following year, there was a um, exam timetable mishap, and we actually couldn't get plenty ranges because it was when the exams were on. Oh no! And so we had to do the next musical in the theatre of all nations, and we had to do it really, really small. It was a spelling bee. That's what it was oh, called. Yeah, I, yeah. I've did done you that. maybe go and I see did it that. Or? No, no. I did, I've actually been in that show. Oh right. Um, I did it. Final year of um, musical theatre, right? So, so you know year. the show, yeah. So we were able to pull that off in a smaller setting. Lucky because it's a small cast, a very small cast, yeah. Twelve people, exactly, something like that. Very, very small. So, um, ah, oh, well, there you go, man. 
Oh, well, let's talk about that. So what did you um, do when you left school? Did you start studying straight away? Uh, yeah, so I left school uh, and I didn't get in, into any of the unis that I wanted to get into. Mm. So that was kind of kicking the guts for me. Mm. Um, Where did you want to go? I wanted to go to VCA or WAPA in um, WA, Western Australia. Yes. Um, and all of them, this has been happening a lot in my life, actually. All of them, I got to the last round. Sure. And then they, at that particular time, they just told me, Look, you're not old enough. We want some, we want people that are a little bit more mature. So yeah, yeah. yeah, so I took it on board. I'm like, all right. So spent a f- like the two months just applying for literally everything. I was applying for courses I didn't even want to do. Sure. Just to get something, uh, I ended up getting getting an audition for Patrick Studios Australia, which is a uh, musical theatre course in Port Melbourne. Okay. And they are primarily uh, like a dance course, but they have like a little musical theatre course on the side. Right. So I was like, you know what? This is better than nothing. Yeah, you want to um, do it. This is going to yeah. fill that void. So I yeah. booked the audition. I went in. I sung mm, uh, Don't Stop Believing from Journey. Hey. Then they wanted to hear another song. I think I sung uh, Someone Like You from the musical Jekyll and Hyde. Right. And... um. Yeah, they were like, they were like, okay, yep, well, you can sing. And then uh, they sent me out of the room. And this, I so said, this has never happened to me before. I don't know if I've told you this before as well. This has never happened to me before. Um, walked out of the room about five minutes. I'm doing nothing. I know, no, like, there's no one around. It's just me. Then they call me back into the room. Yeah. They were like, do you mind just taking your jumper off? What? Yeah. And I was like, uh, okay. So I took my jumper off, and he looked, and he looked at me, and he's like, yep. Yep, you've got a you've got a great figure. You look like a dancer. And then, and then I got into the school. Man, but listen to this, and I tell so many people this story as well. My orientation day of uni, they literally so gym was compulsory every morning. Yeah, our orientation day. I didn't know anyone. Like I probably knew one person out of you know the whole the whole school. Yeah, sat down. They had a massive theater. Sat down and like bunch of sassy men like at the front, like all the teachers yeah. and the director of the course has looked around and he goes, Jim, it's compulsory in the morning. Um, we don't want any fatties on stage. <laughs> and just was like glaring over everyone and like everyone's like singing into their chairs. Whoa. And in my head, I'm like, this is full on. Like that's, it yeah, scared man. the shit out of me. I'm like, yeah. like, whoa, like you don't say that at people like no. at all. The entertainment industry is the only industry that they are allowed to be biased about how you look. Yeah. The only industry. I know. Every other industry is called discrimination. Yeah. Whereas if you're not the right look for a certain part, then you're not going to get the role. Yeah. It's like when they cast someone in a movie and you're like, really? That, you know... Yeah. Now, I might piss off a few people here, but that, that relaunch of the Beauty and the Beast, how they cast that bird from Harry Potter. Yeah, right. She's not a beauty, man. No, no, she's no. She's a girl next door, and she's gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But she's no Belle. I didn't think, I didn't think she played it right either. I never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> but I just saw the shorts for it. I was like, come on, man. You know, but I mean, you know, I mean, that's that's a little bit off topic, but you get what I'm saying. You know, 100%. it's the only industry that's, um, that, that, that can actually happen. Um, getting back onto your auditions for VCA and WAPA, yep. um, I auditioned for VCA as well, yep. straight out of high school, and I was told the exact same thing. Oh, really? You're not mature enough. We want more mature sure. kind of characters, yeah. you know? And so I actually went and did a short course at the VCA, because I'm like, I'm not taking no for an answer. I want to I wanna get into this school. Yeah. So I did a, a part-time acting course there at night, and I studied music during the day, um, just twi- twice a re- week um, in the city um, at yeah. VCA. And then I auditioned again 
the following year after. So like I was 19 at this point and I still didn't get in. And um, uh, I, I saw who did get in and, and it was pretty much all 20-somethings. The, they, only all, they only got one, one person got let in who was fresh out of high school. Right. Um, it was all people in their 20s. And I'm like, it's kind of strange because by the time you're in your 20s, you're already set up. You already got a gig, yeah. or, uh, like a job or something. You're most likely not really chasing that, you know, gig anymore, like yeah. the acting gig. Um, and so that's why I went straight into music because I figured, well, I could always get a gig as a muso, yeah. as opposed to one as an actor, because as an actor, there's just not as much work. No, you know. Um, so it's interesting how nothing has really changed in <laughs> right? in the years since I've auditioned, since 1999 and 2000. Yeah. Um, the whole maturity thing is still an issue there, which I think is really silly because, like, at the end of the day, if someone has got the talent and they're really driven to be there, like that's like if I was if I was accepted, man, that would have been a completely different thing for me. Like yeah. I may have been an actor or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um. So I think sometimes um they need to kind of get out of their own little space, but those in Institutions, man, they're so old. They're so set in their ways. Yeah, you know, um, it's very hard to sway them either, one, you know, one way or the other. What did you have to do at your auditions? Do you remember? Um, I remember we had for VCE, we VCA, sorry, we had to audition with a, a monologue. Yeah, and so you would just get up and perform a monologue. It, it didn't have to be because it's an acting school, so they didn't want to hear any singing or anything. No. So I, I got up there. I think the first year I did like a, a monologue from Macbeth. Okay. Because I just studied that in high school, and I remember so rad. I just loved, yeah. you know, um, Shakespeare. So and you that. did an audition for the musical theatre. You actually auditioned for the acting. Set. Yeah. Okay. So they have a musical theatre course there as well. Yeah, they have an MT course. That's what. Ah, that's, that's what, what I you auditioned for. Yeah. So and they still still gave you the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same response. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, listen, you know, um, do it again. Audition again, you know. You reckon? I'd love to audition again <laughs> at 38. <laughs> See if I get in now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, too mature now, Davo, actually. Well, it's funny that you say that. <laughs> the So, at WAP, uh, did you ever audition for WAPA? So, when I went into the WAPA audition. Yeah, that was held in Melbourne, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they come down and audition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly right. Um, they pretty much, they were really lovely people. Like I sung my songs and they were yeah. really lovely. Um, and they literally said to me like, you know, you're obviously, you know, very young. Um, you know, what, what about your commitment? Like, will you be committed to moving over? This is a three year, you know, stay if you're staying here. Yeah. Um, and then once again, sorry, you, you know, too young. Too young. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I never let it really put me down. Yeah, ma'am. Yeah, it's 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 catch twenty two. I mean, like they're they're looking for people that are mature enough to handle the course, mm. but at the same time, they look that they need to realize that when you're young, you're ready to just let go of everything and just and just chase that dream. Yeah, 100%. Whereas as soon as a few years go by, you might have a boyfriend, girlfriend, you might have a dog, like you know, <laughs> all these commitments you got that other are, commitments are yep. the commitments that are going to get in the way of moving everything that you've built up and going to, you know, Whopper or NIDA or wherever it yeah. might be, you know. Um, there you go. Yeah, and it's funny that you actually bring that up as well because yeah. um, last year I auditioned for Universal Studios in Japan. Okay. Um, once again, made it to the last round. And then three mo- they told me to wait between three three months to four months. Yeah. Um, got to the third month and then I get this email saying, uh, Dear Brooke, thank you so much for your audition. Um Please try again for us next year. Next year, yeah. yeah. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? It is. And I'm yeah. waiting again for Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines. So I still haven't heard from them yet. Okay. So that could be possible. So. Yeah. Um, well, I actually did a gig 
um, the last few years before I had kids, um, and that was in the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, and because I do the covers thing, so you know, I know like over a hundred songs on the guitar and and you know vocals. Yeah. You know, so I, I've been doing that for a long time. But um, I was actually on holidays um, in the States uh, back in 2010 or – no, 2011. We were okay. talking about it before. And, um, yeah, we were at Club Med in Florida and I saw these musicians performing and then I saw them at the dinner table that night <laughs> and at the, at the beach and in the pool. I'm like – and then they're performing again the same night. I'm like, are these guys guests? What a life. Or are they – what's going on? Yeah. So I befriended them, obviously. I'm like – What's what's the deal? How are you using all the facilities, but then you're doing a gig every night? Yeah. And they're like, well, it's it's a thing called Club Med Artists. So they book an artist for a, either a two-week or a four-week appointment, and all you have to do is pay for your um, uh, flights to the Club Med and the flights home. But while you're at the resort, you just have to perform uh, six days out of the week for an hour a day, and then you can just use the facilities all day and all night. How cool. And I'm not sure if you know about Club Med, but it's all inclusive. So all the meals and drinks are all provided yep. from, you know, sunrise to sunset. So um, that very next year I applied for it and we went to the Caribbean for a month and then the following year we went to the Maldives. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, how many tunes do you play and sing on the guitar? You probably have a enough to. A fair few, yeah. Yeah, I... man. You could apply to that. Yeah, that's a good idea. You know, um, it's basically like a free holiday yeah. for a muso. And I've told so many muso friends about it to and no it. one's ever dived in and done it. And I don't know why because it's the best way to kind of see the world. Yeah. You know, um, especially if you um, you get uh, the appointment because they need the spots filled and they want different kinds of performers. It's not variety. just the same, a variety of people. Yeah. Especially when you tell them you're from Australia. Like Americans. Um, they love us. They, they, they do, you know. They say, yeah. oh, yeah, I know all those tunes. Especially when you say, and actually play a lot of American songs too. They go, oh, well, that's a great... You know, it's an easy sell. Yeah. There you go. So, um, well, yeah, so you ended up at this school in Port Melbourne called Pat Patrick's... Patrick's Studios Patrick Australia. Patrick's Studios Australia. And how long were you there for? So, it was a two-year course. Uh-huh. Um, graduated from there. Uh, so, the course is connected to Swinburne. So, I kind of I kind of graduated at... I went to the ceremony in... Is it... No, what's that place called? Crossroad from Crown. Melbourne... Exhibition Center. Oh, yeah. That's right. Melbourne Exhibition Center. So I went there, graduated. With, oh, yeah. Jeff's shit. Yeah, yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. So graduated from there, um, did did all that thing. Um, and yes. What was the actual qualification? A diploma of musical theater. A diploma of musical theater. Yep. So okay, first cool. year first year was our certificates two and three in dance. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I'm qualified to teach dance and then musical theater, which kind of, it's good because it opens up the doors to music, dance and acting. Right. So I kind of had the option of doing all three. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a diploma. And so, um, when you left that course, what did you, um, were you doing anything during that course? Like, were you working as well? Like, yeah. During the so I had three jobs, hours? three jobs when I was at uni. Yeah. Um, it was by far the busiest I've ever been, I think. Mm. Like, so I have five days, because it was a full time course. So I was there, it was literally like I was at high school again. So I was there from yeah. Monday to Friday. Whoa. Um, 8.30 to about 5.30. Wow. And gym every single morning. Um, and we had like crazy dance hours. Like, we would have full days as a, full days of dance yeah. from morning to night. And then like if we were in a show, uh, we would have to do rehearsals for 
for the show that we were in or Whoa. our acting assignments, like learning lines with our scene partner. And, and sometimes it was actually kind of hard trying to find your partner, mm. um, you know, that you were in scenes with because, you know, they might have a different schedule to what you have. Right. So it was hard trying to do stuff like that for exams and assessments. Yeah. Um, you know, and during the last year, I think it also because... I was working at Witches at the time. Um, so what actually happened is I started off as a waitress at Witches yeah. um, and was singing in the bar one day and this guy come up to me and he was like, do you sing? And I said, yeah. And he's like, I'm a magician and I'm looking for an assistant who can sing. Would you be interested? And I'm yeah. like, 100%. So He was already part of the show. So he was part of the magic show at Witches. Ah. And um, I went along and um, I learned how to be a magician's assistant, which is so, it was so much fun. Wow. Yeah. So I was like hiding in boxes and like he would make me reappear and Oh, appear. you were actually part of the gig. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So doing stuff like that, like rehearsals like that, that weren't part of uni mm. and then going to uni. So I would have uni all through the day and then I would be doing these ridiculous hours after school. Um, you know, and then I was working at Target as well. Um, doing, you know, what what was that? A bra fitter. I was a bra fitter at Target. Hey, Epping. Yep, me Epping. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> did um, Samantha Zamet work there as yeah, well? Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. I used to see her there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she used to work there. Um, did anyone else used to work there? Rachel Fennick. Oh, okay. I don't remember Rachel. Stefan Latira. Oh, Let- did Latira work there too? Yeah. I used to play basketball with Latira. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Um, he still works there. He still works at the Target? Yeah. Oh, I'll have to go in there and bust his balls. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, literally half of Target is Saint, like is Saint, Saint Monica's. Monica's. Yeah. yeah, far out, man. Um, But yeah, so anyway. You're working back, there as well? Yeah, working there as well. Um, And uh, on the side, obviously, doing my kids' entertainment uh, gig on the weekends. Really? And that was... That was honestly burning me to the ground because I was literally working seven days a week. Like, yeah. It was full on. And my hours at Witches were really late as well. Like a like a, a regular waitressing shift was, um, I don't know, 6.30 to sometimes 12.30 at night. Whoa. And then you'd have to get up and go to the gym in the morning. Yep. Yep. Dude, <laughs> that's mental. So that got, towards the end, that got a bit crazy. But yeah. then, um, like I said, so did this magic show and the director of that current show at Witches, um, saw me and heard me singing at a, at the rehearsal one night and she come up to um the the guy who was the magician and said yeah. um do you know if she's busy during this month and this month and this date and this date uh because I'm looking for an understudy to understudy the girls in the show ah. and he's like um Paula meet Brooke um you know type thing and we started chatting and I told her about my experiences and I told her I went to Patrick's and it's Patrick's has a really well known reputation in the MT world and she she knew all these people and all oh, my wow. teachers so we had a good chat about that and um yeah and then she literally just gave me the script and was I didn't have to audition she's like here like you've got the understudying gig wow that's great so I learnt two roles so I had yep. to understudy for two roles um, and in the MT world they call it a swing so instead of um, learning just the one particular role you're learning more than one role yes. so I was the swing of the show mm. um, and did this show it was called uh, Vanity Fair or Vanity Lair yeah and um, did the show and they they absolutely loved me 
and they were like, can you please audition for Scully? Because we feel like you'd be a really good fit for it. Ah, the Hex Files. Yeah, that was yeah. the Hex Files. So I went in, did the audition. My boss had never heard me sing before. He'd only watched what I could do in, in the show. And mm. I think in the show I sung like Katy Perry, California Girls. Okay. Um, like really easy songs for me. Yeah. So then I went into the, this audition and I sung um, sung Whitney Houston and he blew him out of the water. Yeah, and my <laughs> boss literally goes to me. He he's a talent. He's like, Brooks, I did not know you could sing like this. <laughs> and like, like, I was like, oh, you know. And the tech guy like stood up from his little, you know, booth, and he was like, I think Whitney Houston just stood up from her grave. She could hear you. <laughs> Fantastic. And um, that's yeah. a good report. Man. <laughs> and uh, he was just so happy. Like he actually was crying when I when I walked wow. down at the end of the audition because I had a I have a really good relationship with my boss at work, especially because yeah. I was a waitress. Yeah. And he just he was crying and gave me a hug, and I was like, I hope this is a good thing. It is a good thing, yeah. <laughs> um, and I walked out of um, the castle. And I called my mum, my dad. I'm like, I made my boss cry. Yeah. And um, a few days later, he, he calls me up and he's like, uh, Brooks, I just want to let you know there are there is a lot of talent out there. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's sometimes hard in this industry to find, you know, the right person. And he kind of made it sound like I didn't get the gig. Gig, yeah. yeah and then he's like, I want to tell you. You got the lead role. <laughs> and I was like, really? I'm like, oh, that's the best news ever. That's fantastic. Um, so I got uh, Scully in the Hex Files. Yeah. So I knew nothing about um, the X Files at all. So I went. Oh, really? Not, nothing at all. So I went to my um, my grandma's house and she had all these um, series from my the uncle. DVDs. Yeah, yeah, DVDs. I've got them literally uncle. right there. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I borrowed all of them and I yeah. watched, like, I was. Like literally, whenever I had a spare moment, I'd pop one in and I'd watch it. Oh wow! And um, yeah, like I I remember thinking like Scully is really boring. Like why like why are they casting me as Scully? Right. Yeah. Um, and when I read the script, it was like it was obviously a parody of what the Hex Files is. Sure. The yeah. X Files is sorry. Yeah. And um. And that like like the character that I played compared to the character in the series is. Two totally different things. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I really, I really did. Probably love that a show. very like, uh, like a hyped up version. Exactly of. right. So she's still the same character, but she sings, and you know, she's skeptical. But I mean, I didn't get to see the show, but I'm assuming <laughs> if I was going to do a parody theater show of it, I would really blow up, you know, 100%. all of the characteristics of the character. Yeah, yeah right on, man. Um, yeah, so then that happened. Wow, yeah, cool. Um, and then I gr- like I graduated from from uni while I was doing that show, so I was I was absolutely wrecked as well. Cause yeah, I was because I was the lead in that show. I wasn't allowed to take any nights off because yep. my face was on the banner at at, at the front at the front on the billboard. Mm. So my like whenever I would want to take a night off, um, my boss would say, you know, people are expecting you and the other guy, Danny. They're expecting to see you two on stage. Yeah. Um. So I couldn't really take off because. Everyone was turning 21 at the time, so I didn't really take any nights off for any birthdays or nothing like Anything, that. Anything, right. Um, I, you know, a lot of my friends didn't really understand the lifestyle either. Yeah. Um, so I was losing friends as well. Cause That's they rough, just, man. They just didn't understand what my gig was. And no, they, no, they wouldn't get it. Because I was so busy literally seven days a week mm. um, at uni and um, working. Yeah. You know, just people just like, I don't know, they just, you know, do their own thing and then you're doing your own thing. Yeah. Um, they don't understand, you know, the muso 
the museo living. Well, that's it, man. <laughs> I mean, when you especially in a, a theater restaurant show like that, where um, yeah, like you said, your your face is all over the promo. Yeah. The people who are buying the tickets are expecting to see you. Exactly right. You know, just because it's not like you know um, a musical at you know the comedy theater or something, it's still like important exactly right you know they've put you on all of their promotion all over the website all over their social media and they want to see you yeah you know so it's it's good that you were able to um did you ever miss a show um i only missed one show yeah. and that was because my grandmother had passed away okay yeah um but it was so rough like my childhood dog as well like died the day of um, th- he died on a Friday. Yeah, I had to go and do this show, and I just remember like my f- eyes are all puffy, my face mm. is red, and I just walked into work and I just did my thing, and um, I was very quiet that night. And the cast were just saying like, you know, Brooke's really quiet tonight. And I said, if I talk, I'll start crying. I'll tell you guys at the end. Yeah, right. Did the show, and it's so funny because when you're doing the show, it t- it takes you to another world. So like, I kind of forgot. I kind of forgot what yeah. was happening in my life, and still to this day, when I do shows, I, you know, I let it, I let the show guide me to to my own thing, and then when the show finishes, I can go back to reality. Sure, and, and that's the best oh my, way to do it. I know. Yeah. Um. So then at the end of the night, uh, they all come up to me, so like, Brooke, so why are you quiet? And then I, I was like, my dog died. Yeah. <laughs> it was just horrible. <laughs> um. But other than that, yeah. So I only took one night off, and that was um that was because my grandmother passed away. Yeah. But, um. Yeah. It's a pretty good strike right man. Yeah, it was a really good strike. Because h- how long was the season? Did it last for? Uh, 13 months. That 13 one was. months? Yeah. Whoa. So that's... And how many nights per week was it? So uh, Friday and Saturday nights are a must. So they're, they're the busiest days. Yeah. But uh, you can literally book whenever. So there could be shows on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yes. Or literally in Christmas, Monday all the way through to Sunday. Whoa. So, yeah, those nights would get like, oh, like you would you would feel like your your brain pulsing in your head because you're that tired. Yeah, man. Especially if you have a like a day job as well. Oh, dude, I can't imagine. Yeah. I actually did do um, a theatre restaurant gig um, in my early 20s. My, my very first teaching job was at a place called PM Entertainment. Um, in uh, uh, Airport West. And Airport West has a theatre restaurant called Dragonflies. Yep. I've been there. You've been there? Yeah. Uh, is it still there? No. No. Uh, we used to go every single year for New Year's. So we used to do... Really? Yep. You might family. have seen me on a New Year's Eve. Really? <laughs> Maybe when you're a little kid, probably. Because I did do a New Year's Eve gig at at the Dragonfly. We went, I probably, oh, like maybe five or six times, I reckon. Really? Yep. Well, the show that we did um, for New Year's Eve, I remember the final um, song was Livin' La Vida Loca at midnight. Okay. Do you remember I feel, that? Yeah, I feel like I do. You might have seen your music teacher <laughs> as a 20, 20-something-year-old. That's crazy. In like, you know, a very camp top and, you know, like... Wait, were you actually singing? I was in the show. Oh, my gosh. I was okay. the guy, yeah. So, we did that. I mean, so, you know, theatre restaurant shows. Yep. Um, this one was like, I think it was called Rockin' USA or, you know, um, uh, I think we did one called... Um, it was definitely Rockin' USA. And so basically you just you, you took a theme and like, you know, uh, you, my mate Brett, um, he actually put together the soundtrack to the show. And so for that one, it was like a, a, a tour of U- the US. Yep. Like, oh, now we're in Chicago. And so you do a song from Chicago, oh, cool. the musical. And now we're over here in St. Louis and you do a song from whatever. Um, and so, yeah, that one, you know, there was a Blues Brothers element to it. 
there was, um, I think, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, that Wham song. Yep. And so I had to go out there, like, if you've seen the film clip, in white, uh, short shorts, yep. and a, cr- a crop top, basically, <laughs> that said, choose life on it. And I'm like, there, wake me up before you go-go, you know. And I had this um, dancer guy who came up. He didn't sing, but he would come and do the curry with me. Yeah. And, oh, man, I remember finishing those shows. I would be so tired because <laughs> every song you had to be on, you yep. know. And I remember the, the, the people, the, the dude that I took the gig off, he would just come out in the same shirt for every song. Like, he wouldn't do any costume changes. Yeah. And I, I saw the show. I'm like, why isn't that dude changing? Changing. Like, yeah. all the dancers and everyone around him are embracing it. And he's just in the same, like, cowboy shit the whole yeah. time and so when i got the gig penny's like can you do? i'm like of course i'm gonna do the costume changes that's the whole point you know you gotta why wasn't he doing it i don't know i think he was a bit big for his boots i won't mention who it was because he's actually um quite successful now <laughs> so we had a cast member like that as well in, mm. in the hex files who just couldn't be bothered he used to wear the same pants all the time yeah Didn't, right couldn't be bothered getting change yeah i mean in the industry there's going to be some people that kind of very set in their ways yeah. or whatever but i mean at this at the end of the day you're there to entertain yeah and so you need to and people notice it, like especially if there's a performer out there, like I'll mm. like I'll pick up on that stuff straight away. I'm sure you would too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you see someone who hasn't got their heart in it, yeah. it really translates. I mean, as as a muso, you can pick it up. Yeah. But at some point, I'm sure just the regular <laughs> punter is yeah. going to go this. This person isn't cutting it, man. Like they haven't got their heart in it, you yeah. know. So it's always important to make sure you always give you 100. percent um, so yeah, there you go, man. I uh, I've never did the Draculas or Witches and Britches or anything like that, but yeah. my only experience with the theatre restaurant scene was um, at the Dragonfly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I'll uh, never forget. So when I went to Dragonfly, this mm. is the only you know performance that actually will stick in my mind forever. Mm. This guy comes out and he's comes out like half, like you can only see half his body, and he's walking out. And he's singing as a man, you know, it looks like he's in a tuxedo. I can't remember what the song was. Yeah. And all of a sudden he just spins around and the other side is a woman and yes. he starts singing as a female. <laughs> and I thought that is the most, oh, I thought it was so smart. I'm like, that is brilliant. Like, you know, you would expect, you know, a lady to come out and start singing, but no, it was just him it doing was just it all. Him doing it all. Yeah, I loved it. That's a classic theatre restaurant <laughs> gag, I loved isn't it. it? Yeah, very cool, man. Oh, there you go. And so, um, well, yeah, uh, obviously you've done, I mean, I think we spoke about it um, before the podcast. You've done almost 500 shows at Witches yeah. and Witches. Nearly almost there. That's insane. Another, another month, I reckon, or, or two months, it'll be 500. 500 shows. Yeah. Um, so within all of those shows, can you tell our listeners possibly maybe the um, the worst gig that you had and, and why it was... Oh, like God. maybe it was a it was an audience reaction or well, look, you fell off the stage. Or <laughs> you you well, I've had multiple stories. Not me falling off stage because I'm no. not that stupid, but a lot of people do <laughs> have fallen off. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um. I'll, I'll let me try and think as well. Um. Well, there was this one night, and it was when I was Scully because I had a lot of I had a lot of monologues in that show. Uh, it was just me on stage, yep. and it was just me talking to the audience, and working at a theatre restaurant, monologues aren't really the same at a theatre restaurant than they are at the Palais Theatre or at Her Majesty's. There are drunk people in the audience that are yelling stuff at you, a lot of yeah, heckling. Yeah. And um, this one night I went out there and I'm delivering this monologue 
and this man just yells something like, show us your tits or something horrible. Oh, right? Man. And keeping in mind, I'm only 18 at the time. Yeah. But, you know, like obviously I'm – I'm Scully. Like I'm. I've got this. I've got to be this mature person. Sure. So he's, yelled, he's yelled out something horrible like that, and um, we have a bunch of anti heckles that we use. Right. One of my favorites that I I'm, I still use. I use it on the weekend. Actually, I I say, uh, sir, I'm doing a job up here. I don't go to your job and knock the dicks out of your mouth. So shut the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> and oh literally. People don't expect, you know, a woman to say something like that. They sure. expect men to say some stuff like that. That's fantastic. This table at the front just literally stood up for me and started clapping. And they were like, yeah, like they were pointing at him like, shut up. Like, because, you know, especially at a theater restaurant, yeah. people, there are some people there that are genu- genuinely there for the theater and are there to watch the show and listen to the music. Yes. Whereas there's that to the complete uh, other act. End of the spectrum where sure. there's people just there, you know, wanting to get pissed type thing. Right. So, yeah. you know, and it's really hard, especially, you know, on the weekends, for example, Friday night we had 114 people, whereas on Saturday we had uh, 190 people. Wow. So, and the capacity is about like 200 probably. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so it was pretty much packed to the raft. Yeah, and when, when it's really busy like that, um, sometimes as a performer at a theatre restaurant, you feel like no one's really listening to you because you can just hear people chatting amongst themselves and like, you know, clicking at waitresses to bring them drinks and, you know, sometimes, you know, it's like, you know, people haven't finished their food yet. So, there's wait staff coming up collecting, yeah, you know. You're trying to sing and you're basically yeah. looking at someone having their dinner. And, and I remember like, mm. one one night, this is actually in the current show, I sing um, the song This Is Me from uh, The Greatest Showman. Okay. And it's a really it's a really power powerhouse and the lighting in, in it is just fantastic. Like, it's one of those songs that, like, it's a feel-good type song when you're singing it. Sure. And um, I remember singing this song. And, you know, there's smoke machines going, you know, light fog on the feet, and the, the spotlights on me. And this Mantha front literally stood up and walked off. And I was like, sir, I'm singing a song. Where are you going? <laughs> and everyone just started laughing. And yeah. it's good. It's really good to have. Um, I love breaking the fourth wall. Yes. And I love ever since working at Witches, I love improv. So every show at Witches is never the same. Yeah. Um, so that's I absolutely love it. And it's a different style of theater as well, whereas at. At Patrick's, we learnt improv- improvisation, but we were never allowed to change like a show. No, do you know what I mean? And yeah. I completely understand that. And, and it's just di- literally different styles of theatre. Most definitely, yeah. yeah. It's very interactive. That's why I remember going into the audience at yeah. the shows for the theatre restaurant and getting them to either sing the next line or you know. Um, if you see like a young couple like embarrassing them or yeah, something yeah, yeah. or an old couple and embarrassing them, yeah. you know, but talking to them and telling them jokes and all that kind of stuff. It really is an amazing um, uh, like way to really get schooled in the art of interacting with an audience, yeah. you know, because if I hadn't have done those early gigs at the theatre restaurant, I don't think I would be as confident um, when I'm just doing like my regular gigs. Yeah, right. You know, because you learn real quick how to deal with drunk people. Yeah, sets you, know? you up. Oh, big time. And like I was yeah. saying to you earlier, 
you know how you were saying at school they did 25th um, annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Oh yeah, yeah, the spelling bee. Yeah, yeah. So when I was in when I was in second year uni, that was our that was our main showcase at the end. So we got we got oh, assessed at on Patrick's. That. Yeah. Oh, you so did that a, one. So we got assessed on that, mm. and I played um, the actual character in the show was um, Mitch Mahoney, okay. which was like the school bully or something, and he 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 wasn't there to spell. He was just there because like. He like bashed someone or something like that, and he had okay. to. He was just like you know, there's a detention. Yeah. Anyway, so because there wasn't enough boys in the course, they ended up casting me as Michelle Mahoney. Okay. And I remember I went in, I went in because there's a lot of there's a lot of breaking the fourth wall in that show. Yes. And I remember literally all the cast in that show. So everyone that I went to uni with, because you're with the audience and audience members and volunteers throughout that whole show. Yeah. They just, they would freeze when they didn't know what to say when, when the audience members would say something. They were so frozen. Mm. And I remember just saving, you know, saving the scene so many times. And it just made you feel so good. You're like, you're like, yeah, like I, I know how to do shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've got the tools now. Yeah. Yeah. And you're confident that you can pull it off. Yeah. Oh, that's a cool thing, Brooke. That's rad. Um, well, we kind of touched it on a little bit because some of your bad stories kind of ended up being good ones because you're so feisty with all of your comebacks. <laughs> but have you got a, a memory of those 500 shows, like one that stands out going, oh, man, that was a good night? Um, Anything uh, sticks yeah, out like that? I have, there's, a, there's, so many, there's so many like that. Like, like maybe the last time you got to do the Scully yeah, role or something? exactly right. The finale? Well, the thing is... My my mum and dad they've they come to a lot of they come to watch a lot of my shows. Yeah. Um. I reckon my my parents have probably been oh I don't know out of all the the shows that I've done I reckon they've maybe been about thirty times. That's amazing. Yeah. Like it's like it's decent. You know they yeah and they invite their friends and things like that. But I feel like like my most memorable show was um like when my grandparents and stuff come watch a show yeah. and see what I do because. I don't know, I feel like, I don't know if you feel the same, but I feel like my family members or family in general, they can't, they don't really understand like what I do for a job. Right. So like when I was teaching music last year, like to them, that's a job. Whereas in my head, my, my actual job is witches. And I would always say that like, like that's my main job. Like that's, that's what I do. Yeah. So for them to come and watch what I do and to like, to see me in action. Yeah. You know, that to me, that's memorable because like I, like I said, almost 500 shows, but you know, you're doing it every single week and, and they're just asking, oh, how's work? You know, they don't know what I do for work, but you know, after they come watch my shows and see what I actually do, yeah, it becomes something totally different. They've got the context then yeah. to understand like why you're tired the yeah. next day or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Far um, out, man. And so during, well, yeah, what, so what is your side hustle? Because that obviously is your main gig now doing the witches shows. But what do you do during the day? You said something about you do kids parties? Yeah. So, um, so that's on the week. <laughs> so that's on the weekend during the day. Okay. So that's literally Saturday, Sunday. I do that yeah. um, in the morning all the way up until when I need to leave for work, which is about 4.30. Um, wow. So yeah, I'm Disney Princess by day and yeah. um, a potty mouth at night. <laughs> it's so funny. It's you know, it's so funny how you know you talk to children so differently than you do to adults as well. Yes. So things like when I'm when I'm you know Princess Belle or you know whatever I'm doing, you know you've yeah. got to you've got to commit to the character because at night time, you know, you're, you're talking in a British accent and you're, you're, so, you're like rough and, you know, you're, you're, total, you're a totally different person. You wouldn't want to make that mistake of, <laughs> no. of switching into witch's mode when no. you're at the, the fourth birthday party when you're trying to be Princess Belle. 
That would be hilarious, yeah. actually, but probably not so good for the client. Um, okay. And so how long have you been doing those gigs for? Uh, I've been doing that for almost, I think, a year and a half now. Yeah. Um, and then last year, I was um, I was saying too early, I, I worked at a com- for a company called Rhythm Rumble. Okay. So what they do is um, they teach music to uh, children. So yeah. I would go to things from uh, childcare centers all the way through to primary schools as well. Okay, teaching singing or guitar? Um, so literally music. So things like oh. um, like tambourine, tapping, and like triangles, oh, okay. bongo drums. Do you still do that? Not anymore. No, because um, it was probably not the best pay, was well, it? Well, it wasn't very good pay, no. but also it – like I noticed, I absolutely love kids, and I just noticed I was getting, I was sick so much last year, right. and going doing a show with like a sore throat, like oh that was, it was just horrible. Mm-hmm. And last show I was singing, I sung my two main songs were Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody, and my other main song was uh, Share if I could turn back time. Oh yeah, because you're in the promo for the website. <laughs> I checked it out today, and there's this photo of you or image of you. Yeah. With a massive wig on, yeah. doing that. I'm man. glad they um, that the photo doesn't go any lower because I didn't wear very much clothes in that costume. <laughs> um, but well, she did it in the film clip, so at least you're being screen accurate, you know. Um, but yeah, so things like that. Like I was just getting sick so sick much. all the time from the kids. Yeah. Um, and you know, I love kids, but they are just full of germs. Well, little kids get sick a lot more often because they're still building their immune system, and yep. that's something I'm learning as a dad. You know, like yeah. my kids are sick all the time. I'm like, why? Why are little kids sick all the time? But that's why. Yeah. It's so that when they get older, they don't get hit so badly when you get a cold. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, as as a 20-something, if you're going to still get susceptible to those things, it's probably a good thing that you gave it up, man. You know, yeah. Because then at least if you're still doing your, um, your kids' parties during the weekend, it's not as often. Yeah. So during the day then... You don't. So this year I have kind of just committed myself to auditioning for things. So right. um, a lot of my time is literally just preparing songs, yeah. uh, preparing monologues, um, sending through applications. I've done a lot of um, like show reels, stuff like that. Okay. Um, and like this year for me has actually just been just a dead year. Nothing has been really happening for me. Mm. I've auditioned for so many things this year. Um, I've done a few um, a few shows for Channel Thirty One as well. Okay. Um, obviously they're not paid, but yeah, yeah, it's all getting, experience. You're getting experience. Yeah. Um, but, but as you get older, those experience gigs. I'm using inverted commas because this is a audio medium, but <laughs> I'm using you know the inverted commas. Um, those experience gigs. Um, they get tired real quick when you get older, hey, mm. because you're like, I already got experience. Yep. I don't need any more. I want an actual paying gig. Yeah. Yeah, right. Especially like now that I think about it and talk, talk, we're talking about it, um, when I auditioned for X Factor uh, a few years ago, yeah, um, I think I was in, I, I may have been in year 10, I think, and I auditioned for it and the man literally said, he's like, you've got great vocals, but you know, you just need more experience. And I just remember thinking like, what, like what? Mm. But now I totally get it. Like right. I've... I, you know, just shows at witches, small things like singing gigs at, you know, singing the national anthem at, you know, the karate championships yeah. or like small little singing things that I do. Like it's, it all adds up. Well, I guess that's full circle, man. Like we were starting to, when we spoke at the beginning of the podcast about how they're looking for someone who has more experience or maturity. Yeah. It actually makes sense because then you're going to be able to deliver a monologue with a little bit more 
authenticity. Yeah, for sure. You know, and deliver a song with a bit more authenticity because you've seen more of the world. But like we said also then, it's a bit of a catch-22 because if you've you've done all that, then you're probably ready to move on to greener pastures as opposed to, you know, still, you know, studying something. Yeah, for you know sure. I mean? But yeah, there you go. Um, Brooke, it's been so great catching up with you. I, I think I've touched all the bases yeah. um, uh, with all my questions that I usually ask. Um, best gig, worst gig, um, oh, uh, is there anywhere online that we can follow um, your music? There's, I've actually got a Facebook page you um, do? happening. Yeah, just literally Brooke Kotsis or mm-hmm. my Instagram. I post a lot of singing stuff on my Instagram as well. Oh, you do? Yeah, which cool. Which is um, BrookeStar96. Okay, sweet. Um, yeah, other than that, I've, I do a lot of covers on there, nothing original. I really should put, put some original stuff, stuff out there. Stuff on there as well, yeah. Um, but I feel, yeah, I've... I've I feel like I got a, a decent amount of covers up on there. People want to check it out. Check it out, sweet. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely tag all that stuff in the um, the the promotion for this this week's yeah. episode. And um, if people do want to follow Brooke's um, journey, you can um, you can do so um, on those channels. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks for coming in, Brooke. That was great catching up. And um, uh, I definitely have to get out and see you at Witches. Yeah, you should. I, I promise I won't heckle you because I know <laughs> if I do, I'll, I'll you'll I'll get shut down. Shut down by a bag of dicks. <laughs> Oh, good on you. Thanks, Brooke. Thank you so much for having me, sis dog. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap for this week. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, give the podcast a share on social media. Use that hashtag Art of Touring Podcast on Instagram and give us a follow at Art of Touring. And as I mentioned at the start of the podcast this week, um, join us on the Facebook group for Art of Touring as well. Also, you can go check out my band, Smokestack Rhino, who are featured in this podcast every single week. Our opening and closing theme is a song called Screwdriver Girls. You can check out the whole track on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, you can follow the band on Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Twitter, even our very own website, www.smokestackrhino.com. To keep up to date with our gigs, however, give us a like on Facebook, where all of our touring dates will be uploaded as soon as they come in. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with me, please email me directly at artoftouringpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, maybe you'd like to come on the show. Uh, if you're a touring muso, hit me up or join that Facebook group <laughs> and give us a post on there. You can listen to Art of Touring Podcast on Wooshka and you can download it on iTunes. If you have enjoyed this episode or previous episodes of the podcast, please take a moment to give the podcast a rating within the podcast app on your phone and write a short review. Um, It'll help it out a lot. I've recently created the very first group post for the members of the Art of Touring podcast group on Bookface. Uh, And it's a simple step-by-step guide on how to rate and review the podcast on iTunes if you've got an iPhone. I haven't done it for uh, the Android users yet because I have an iPhone, but the next time I see someone with an Android, I'll get them to take some screenshots and sort that out for you. That's all from me this week. Before I go, I have a few shout-outs. Shout-out, as always, to uh, the man, Chris Wall, who designed the artwork for the show. You can follow him on Instagram at Mr. Wall, spelt W-A-H-L. 
Big thanks to my guest this week, Brooke Kotsis. You can follow her on Instagram at brookstar96. So that's Brooke and then the word star, S-T-A-R, and then the numbers 96. And also follow Witches in Britches on Instagram as well. And their tag is at Witches in Britches. Now let's get into some plugs. My band, Smokestack Rhino, are playing a shit ton of gigs (laughs) coming up. Uh, We're calling it the Candanga Bitter Tour, and we are hitting up Brisbane on Friday, the 21st of September, for the first run of shows on that tour. The following night, we're at Moe's Desert Clubhouse in Brisbane also, and then we finish that weekend with our epic return to the Mitchell Creek Rock and Blues Festival on Sunday, the 23rd of September. The following week, we're hitting up Sydney, the 27th of September, at Frankie's Pizza, then finishing that run of shows at the Longview Farm Party on Saturday the 29th. I'm going to have to buy a tent and sleep out in the elements. Better not forget the error guard. Uh, go to our Facebook page for all of those upcoming dates. You can download our debut album on iTunes or go to our Bandcamp page to purchase a physical copy or grab a t-shirt. We've got some new ones coming up, so uh, check those out. That's all from me this week. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for another episode of Art of Touring with us is Dog. Ow, ow, ow. Remember, this week's podcast was brought to you by the Gasworks, where Dreamweaver is played every time you fall in love with the lead singer of Crucial Time. You're all comfortable? Got a drink and everything? Yeah, I'm right. I've got my uh, my late show mug here, which I got from the States. <laughs> really? Yeah. When did you go to the States? 2011, we went over to the States, and uh, it was my dream to um, to see the late show with David Letterman, and we got to see him before he, he retired. Yep. Um, it was, I think it was in the last year or the second last year that he was doing it. Because I think he quit like in 2013, maybe. I don't remember. I don't remember either. Whenever it was. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd, I'd watched him since I was 15, you know. And uh, I mean, obviously the dream was to be on, on the, the show. On the show, <laughs> yeah. Right. I was just going to say that. I got to at least got to um, see the show filmed yeah. and got to be in the Ed Sullivan Theatre and got to see the um, the the CBS Orchestra, yeah. which was cool. So um, uh, whenever I do my interviews at home... I like to use my mic. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Dave. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, cool. Um, I just noticed this, by the way. Yeah. So that's the... Uh, Did the someone do out. that? One of, and one of my students, yeah. You're joking. Yeah, from um, my first job in Stoughton College. Matthew Gillespie put that together for me. He used it as like one of his... Um, pieces of work for yeah. his art class and then he said Dave you know you should you could take it home it. I was like dude that's awesome